The story is told of a little girl who was at school and her teacher was talking to them about whales. And along the way, she, this teacher was saying, do you know it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human? Even though they're a very large animal, their throats are so small, they couldn't possibly swallow a human being. And so the little girl says to her teacher, but you know in the Bible there's a story about Jonah being swallowed by a whale. The teacher was a bit irritated and she said, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human being. Their throats are too small. So the little girl says to the teacher, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. So the teacher sarcastically responds, so what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl said, well, then you can ask him. (laughs) Kids can say something sometimes, can't they? Uh, There's another story of a a woman who invited a a goodly number of people to her home for dinner one Sunday afternoon. She has uh, all all these uh, preparations to go, and she finally gets set down to the table, and she looks to her six-year-old daughter, and she says, Honey, would you say the blessing today? All the people are gathered around the the dining room table. And the little girl says, Well, but I wouldn't have a clue as to what to say. And the mother says, Well, just say what you hear Mommy say. So the little girl bowed her head and said, Dear Lord, why did I invite all these people to lunch today? (laughs) There are the never-ending questions that come from children too, aren't there? Why is snow white? Why is the sky blue? Why do turtles have shells? If turtles didn't have shells, would we still call them turtles? Uh, Why do dogs bark? Uh, Do dogs bark in different languages? Can dogs bark in English? Do German shepherds bark in German? Uh, Which hurts more? Uh, To be run over by a car or to be stung by a jellyfish? Perhaps you've heard some of these questions yourself. What are eyebrows for? Where do babies come from? That one, of course, ask your mother is the answer to that one, right? (laughs) Children ask lots of questions because it's the way they learn. In fact, it's the way we all learn. Something provokes our mind and we begin to ask questions and it's in the pursuit of that provocation that we come to understanding, that we learn something. There are times when questions need to stop, don't they? When you simply need to ask no more questions, just respond. Uh, every, every parent or grandparent or, or caregiver, everyone knows this uh, intuitively, especially when they care for young children. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to say, you know, why does the tooth fairy leave money for teeth? It doesn't matter. Go to sleep, okay? But there are times when uh, the questions can be, can be really problematic, when there's a, a potential for danger, for instance, and, and you say to a young child, you know, come here, get out of the street, right? Something like, well, I remember one time when I was, I was uh, in Kentucky, I was going to seminary, and I'm listening on the radio, uh, and I hear this story about um, this mother and her young children. She went to the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington. And uh, there was this, uh, this herd of thoroughbreds, and, and a group of people were standing by the fence, and they were looking at, at this, uh, this, this herd of thoroughbred horses, and, and uh, there's a ranger there who's telling them about them. And, and apparently there was this young girl who was about three years old who somehow managed to crawl through the fence without anybody noticing, walked right into the herd, right into the middle of all these horses. Now, it was very easy for them to be startled as this little girl's walking directly underneath the horses and there was a, a real fear and panic that set in when, when people noticed. The ranger quickly calmed everyone down and he says to the mother, here's what I want you to do. I want you to act like nothing is wrong at all. Just say to her something like, you know, here, Katie, do you want to go get an ice cream cone? 
And, and, and that's what the mother did. She stepped through the fence and she called to her real, real lightly and, and the little girl just ran over and, and the horses all stayed right where they were. Times like that, you don't need questions. You just need someone to respond. A, a command is given. And you, you, you need them to just simply respond in the affirmative. Uh, you know, it's the same in, I don't know, I, I've never been in the military, but I imagine in the military, you know, make your bunk is not to be followed up by, but why should we make beds? You know, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, I don't think the sergeant would want to hear that, right? Uh, when you're at work and the boss says, report due by 5 o'clock, you don't say, but really, what is time after all? You know, that tomorrow? It, no, 5 o'clock, it's not up for debate. This isn't a time for questions. You would think that the gospel lesson today would be one of those times. John the Baptist is in the River Jordan and he's baptizing people. There's a line of them. And Jesus comes up and he gets in line. And John is baptizing. Next, next. People are coming. And Jesus shows up. And that's when things begin to get a little dodgy, don't they? John does not want to baptize Jesus. In fact, he says to him, no. Now you say, well, I don't really see that in the text. I, I, I heard it read just a moment ago. Where does he say? Well, in, the, in the, um, the translation, and John was preventing him. Or John would have prevented him. Is actually the way it's, it reads in today's lesson. And John would have prevented him. That is, he would have prevented Jesus from being baptized. But that's really, I'll tell you, something is really lost in translation. A lot is lost in translation, actually. See, the tense for this verb, preventing, or prevented, would have prevented, is what's called the imperfect tense in the language that Matthew wrote this passage in. In the imperfect tense, it is the, the continuation in past time. It's, it's trying to say something or, or continuing to do something. Well, it's like when you go to start your car on a cold winter morning. You go out, um, perhaps you've been through this, you go out to start your car, and you turn it over, make some noise, but it doesn't start. What do you do? Do you say, oh, oh well, guess the car's not starting? No, you do it again, don't you? <laughs> you? You push the button or turn the key, you keep trying. And maybe it doesn't start still. And so you do what perhaps you would do. You pop the hood, right? I don't know, maybe you wouldn't, but I would. You pop the hood and, and you get out and you walk around and you open it up. You've been there maybe? You look, what is all that stuff in there? I don't even know. You know, you're looking at it and, and you see all that stuff under the hood and, and like you reach in and move something. Has that ever worked? No, but you're going to do it anyway, right? You reach in and you move something and you jiggle some stuff and you're not even sure what you're doing and, and maybe, maybe you're astute enough to find the battery and... You jiggle those cables a little bit. And you get back in your car and you try it again and again and maybe again. And it still doesn't start. You go in the house and you say, the car won't start. I tried. When you say I tried, it doesn't mean that you gave it one shot, right? It means that you tried everything you could possibly think of. I opened the hood. I jiggled stuff. It wouldn't start. In the gospel lesson... John was prevented. John would have prevented him. John would have prevented him. Actually, should have been translated, and John was preventing him. John was stopping Jesus from being baptized. It probably went something like this. John, I want you to baptize me. John says, no, Jesus, I won't do it. John, I want you to baptize me. No, Jesus, I won't do it. John, I want you to baptize me. I'm here to be baptized. No, I won't do it. 
That's what the text is trying to communicate. John was preventing him. He was doing everything in his power to stop him. And then he follows it up with a question. I need to be baptized by you. And you are coming to me? Why in the world are you coming to me? It's absurd. It's absurd that Jesus should go down to the river and be baptized by John. You know, this was a real embarrassment for the early church. Why in the world would our leader be baptized by someone else? Why would he submit to the baptism of someone else? But you know what? It's there in all four Gospels. In all four Gospels, Jesus goes to be baptized by John. So John asks the question. I think it's his way of stalling. He's tried everything. No, no, no. And Jesus still wants to be baptized. When is it ever okay to question God? I think the gospel lesson says, maybe at least this time, when he asked you to do something completely absurd. When he asked you to do something ridiculous, well, at least we have good precedent. John the Baptist is asking a question. Why are you doing this? Why are you coming to me? Because, Jesus says, it's the right thing to do. He literally says, it will fulfill all righteousness. It's the right thing to do for you to baptize me. And I wondered what I would do as I read this passage this week if God asked me to do something absurd. And I wondered what you would do if he asked you to do something ridiculous. Well, we would probably do what John would do. We argue about it. No, I'm not going to do it. No, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to... God's ways are a mystery to us sometimes, aren't they? He asks us to do things that seem crazy, that seem ridiculous. But just like what Hal mentioned last week, this is about obedience. Joseph was obedient. He was obedient to take Mary as wife in Matthew's Gospel. He was obedient to, to go to, uh, to Bethlehem, to go to Egypt, to go to Nazareth. And now John is asked to be obedient, to baptize the Lord. Not to answer all sorts of questions, just to be obedient. I imagine if you told this story to a child, they might ask a question like, well, why wasn't John willing to baptize Jesus? Why wouldn't he just do what Jesus wanted him to do? And maybe you would answer, maybe I would answer, we would say something to the child like, because Jesus is the, the, the holy son of God, pure without sin. John is a prophet. He knows this about Jesus. He understands that Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. And for just a minute, we probably would feel really good about ourselves. Like, wow, yes. Nailed that question right there. But just about the time that we were really in the midst of our euphoria would come the follow-up question. There's always a follow-up question, isn't there? And the follow-up question would go like this. So why did Jesus want to be baptized? And we would probably go something like, well... Well, you, you see, um, uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tricky question, isn't it? Why did Jesus come to be baptized? Because God was publicly identifying with us. With fallen humanity, Jesus, God in Christ, identifies with fallen humanity publicly. He identifies with us. So on the baptism of the Lord Sunday, maybe the question kind of gets turned around and says, are we willing 
to be publicly identified with him. Amen.